Welcome to the Vegas Gang Podcast for June 27th, 2013. The Vegas Gang is a roundtable discussion show for issues related to casinos in Las Vegas, Macau, and the rest of the world. Let me go around the virtual table and introduce my co-hosts. I have Mr. Chuck Monster, the editor-in-chief at VegasTripping.com. What's happening, Chuck? Oh, not that much. I'm super glad to be back here. It's been a while. I'm all partied out. Absolutely. Um, you know, it, it has been. We're about a week beyond our normal quote unquote time, and we apologize for that. We had uh, some extra, um, <coughs> extraordinary uh, circumstances that prevented us from recording last week, but we are here now uh, with lots to talk about. And of course, in addition to Mr. Monster, I'm also talking to Dr. Dave Schwartz, who is the director of UNLV's Center for Gaming Research. Good afternoon, Dave. I'll tell you what's extraordinary. Extraordinary is being able to do this podcast with you guys. So extraordinary. So (laughs) extraordinary. That's extraordinary for me. It is extraordinary. It is. Um, My name is Hunter Hillegas, and uh, super happy to be here as well. Um, You know, let's be honest. The real reason that we couldn't record last week is that Dave was at EDC. Um, His secret life as a... Raver wearing a diaper, sucking on a <laughs> lollipop or thing. I don't know. I saw some photos. Pretty frightening stuff out there, kids. I don't. I, I'm definitely on the record as not understanding the whole EDC thing, but um, clearly quite popular. I looked like uh, a, another successful year. I, you know, it, it a huge events like that. There's about a zillion things that can go wrong, and it sounds like they're sort of getting the hang of it. And um, it sounds, at least from the press reports, it sounded like it was there were less. Issues than there were last year. Not like last year was like a disaster or anything, but just, you know, they seem like they're sort of getting into the swing of things of holding this gigantic event out there. But it's it's yeah. like, Hunter, it's like the popular kids finally found psychedelics. <laughs> it is kind of interesting, isn't it? Yeah. But, um, you know, I hope everybody that went out had a good time. Um, Dave, I'm sure your your live journal of the entire event was was just amazing. I couldn't stop reading. Actually, the the twit pic I sent out of the toddler rave, just like people love that more so than any of the the work I do. So, <laughs> well, just, I don't I don't know about cool. that, but that was you know anytime you find a a super non sequitur, it's always fun to uh, to admire it. That was really yeah. That was that was quite a thing. Quite a thing. Very strange. Who spiked the Kool-Aid? <laughs> well, um, yeah, instead of ecstasy, they take antibiotics or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, so I hope all those folks at EDC had fun. Uh, we are not going to talk about EDC. It has nothing to do with this show whatsoever. Um, so moving on. Uh, before we get into some topics, we do have a couple of announcements. Some of these are sort of persistent announcements that we like to go over at the top of the show. But since we only get to talk to you about every few weeks, it's good to remind you of some of these things. Um, so right off the top, quickly, I have uh, for a little while been compiling some Vegas articles and photos in the Flipboard app, which has been going well. You know, a lot of people have been subscribing to that uh, Flipboard book, which is called Viva Vegas. But actually, I have a request. Um, in the latest version of Flipboard, there's new capability to allow me to share the editorship with others um, and have others contribute. And so for anyone that's listening, if you uh, think you might want to be granted the ability to post 
some of articles in into that Flipboard book, that would be cool. I am finding that there are some days when I just don't have any time to look at it. And so since the more and more people are subscribing, I'd rather not let them down. So if you are somebody that's uh, finding cool Vegas stuff on the web anyway and, and want to be able to throw stuff in there, um, go ahead and send me an email and uh, we can get that set up. You can email me at uh, hunter at ratevegas.com. So that's the Flipboard thing. Um, Dr. Dave, your book. Let's talk about your book. You have been promoting your book on your website, doing your video stuff. Uh, where? What's the latest installment? Uh, the latest installment, I think, is Chapter 14, which is The Riverboats. Uh, the book is really cool. If you had any trouble getting it, I'm making some changes. Uh, thanks to some help from Chuck. Uh, very, very helpful today. I'm actually changing the print-on-demand vendor. It's moving over to create space, so it's going to be easier to get, and actually about four dollars cheaper too. So it's pretty cool. So very, very exciting cool. stuff with Roll the Bones Casino Edition. Very cool. So if people want to know when that's happening, let's say they're will, on the fence, where how can they find out? I, I would hang. It's probably going to take about a week or two to go through from the time I record this. So if you're thinking about getting it, you might want to hold off for a little bit. Uh, the price is going to go down a little bit and it'll be easier to get. So yeah, definitely hold off on getting it this week, but pretty soon it'll be out. I will make sure to send out a huge announcement and I will also put a comment in the uh, on the Vegas Gang page. Awesome. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah, so for those of you that don't yet have Dr. Dave's book, uh, if you wanted the print edition, this is going to be an opportunity maybe to save a couple of bucks, uh, which is always a good thing. So keep your eyes open for that. Um, real quickly, I want to touch on some of the stuff I'm doing on the iPhone and the iPad. Um, I have a new app that is uh, going to be coming to the App Store very soon. This is an iPhone-only app. Um, and since we last talked, I've actually announced the the name and put up a little teaser website and Twitter feed for the app. And so the app is going to be called Vegas Lists. And if you want to learn more, you can follow the Vegas Lists app account on Twitter, uh, where I will be posting a few things as I lead up to the launch. So this, this app's going to be launching really soon. It's basically done, uh, just ironing out a couple of last minute little things. And so then it will go off to, uh, to the fruit company for approval and uh, hopefully be in the App Store sometime in the middle of July at the latest. So that's what I'm shooting for now. I hope everybody likes it. I haven't really talked about the specifics too much, though if you go through and look at the Twitter feed, you can probably get some idea of what it does. Um, but as it is fully revealed, I'll be talking about it more and um, hope that hopefully that some of you folks will find it interesting and compelling. So that's the Vegas, List, Vegas Lists app, which is coming soon. And then um, a couple of people have asked me about Vegas Mate regarding some of the announcements Apple made last two weeks ago. Uh, they unveiled the future of their software platform, um, iOS 7. So there will be a new version of Vegas Mate that is fully iOS 7 native that will be coming sometime in the fall. And so I don't have anything else to say about that other than I'm very hard at work on it, and I hope everybody loves it. So a lot of stuff happening there, not a lot of new information right now, but um, stuff to look forward to, I hope, if, if you're interested in that kind of thing. All right. Um, one more item before we do a little VIMP reminder, which is uh, – and this is a, a very complicated topic that I don't want to dive into too deeply because this is not a law or technology show, but there is – a, 
a company going around suing podcasters for a patent that they filed on what they believe the invention of podcasting back in early 2000s. Basically, they patented the process of recording audio onto a cassette tape, and they are using these claims to sue podcasters. Um, and so the way that this works, this is a common technique that is usually referred to as patent trolling, where a company that owns a patent for an overly broad topic that doesn't necessarily even make anything um, using that patent, they just own the intellectual property rights to it. They go out and they threaten people that they think are infringing. And since most people that they go and threaten can't afford lawyers to fight back, they usually end up settling. And so this is sort of like the mafia coming to your convenience store and saying, sure would be a shame if these windows got broken. Um, and this is happening with <laughs> podcasting now. We've seen this in a lot of other industries. It's starting to happen with podcasts. And you've seen some big podcasts like uh, Mark Maron's WTF and Adam Carolla's podcast be threatened by these guys. Um, and so, you know, I have I take a pretty dim view on this sort of thing. I, I think it's pretty awful what what some of these companies are doing to basically extort money from people with these ridiculous patents. Um, so uh, there was the reason I'm bringing it up is a it's it has to do with podcasting, and so it it they haven't contacted us, thank God. But um, it uh, it strikes a little bit closer to home than some of the other instances of this. But also because if you're interested in this, if this is a topic that maybe you want to learn more about, um, the This American Life podcast, which is a great radio show and podcast that uh, that's done every week, they did a special episode on this maybe three or four weeks ago that you could go back and find, which is really eye-opening. You can really get a sense of how deep and terrible this problem is. And they've talked about this in the past, but... Um, it's a good way to learn about the topic if it's something that you're interested in, um, and so I would recommend that for folks that uh, that might be interested. So hopefully the trolls will not come knocking on our door, but uh, always pisses me off when I see this stuff in the news. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> All right. So that's it for that. Um, before we get into the topics, one last thing. Of course, it is the Vegas Internet Mafia Family Picnic, which is coming to a D hotel near you on <laughs> October 19th. Very, very, very excited about VIMF. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think of what we've announced. Well, we haven't announced. Don't want to slip up anything here yet. We do have some stuff in the pipeline, which is going to be coming soon. But I know that since our last show, we talked about the um, the World Series of Satin Jackets. I'm always messing up the name of this thing. But uh, maybe this is a good time, Chuck, for you to remind the listeners what this is, how they can participate, and how they can find out more about participating in this event at VIMPF. Right on. Well, we've got the World Series of Satin Casino Jackets. Uh, it seems like uh, collecting these things has become a little bit of a thing amongst the, uh, the uh, family here. So we're going to turn it into a ridiculous fashion show slash competition, kind of like the gong show meets Project Runway meets Vegas gift shop thrift store finds. Word. So uh, everybody's going to gonna get in line, and uh, we're going to have some judges, and there's going to be some modeling, and this kind of that and the other thing, and uh, the winner's going to get a prize. So get yourself a jacket, start scouring the eBay if you haven't been already, and go to the uh, local thrift store or... Next time you pop into Vegas, uh, go hit some of those thrift stores there because there's tons of good stuff. There's a couple of winners on Craigslist, too. People haven't been looking at those that I've had my secret eye on. Ah. But uh, since I'm the host of the program, I will not be uh, competing. But if I were, 
I have a good, I have a good, uh, I'd have a winner actually. Uh, but uh, so uh, that's that's pretty much it with the satin casino jackets thing. We're working on the schedule of the whole weekend. We've got a bunch more things that are going to happen. I think the last thing that that was announced that we haven't mentioned on the show was the band. Right, Derek's hired a big a band from Canada called Our Lady Peace. Big, they're apparently huge in Canada. They've won Juno Awards, which is like the Canadian Grammys, number of those. And they're really good, actually. Their latest record is like a heavy, vintage Radiohead sounding kind of thing. Good songs, fascinating stuff. They're going to play at the D. It's basically our party. We're going to get VIP right. access right down the front of the stage. So good stuff happening. It's going to be fun. Yeah. So for anybody that was there last year, you know how awesome it was to have access to that stage area out in front of the stage for the Brett Michaels show that was um, corresponding. Our show, of course, we got lucky last year, corresponded with the grand opening of the D. And so, you know, Derek was nice enough to give us access to that last year. And it was just really fun. And, and um, I, I honestly, I think, of course, people's musical tastes vary and music is so subjective. But I think no matter what you're into, it's undeniable how much fun it is to hang out there with your friends and have some beers and watch a band play and and yep. laugh at, laugh at the people on the other side of the barricade that don't get to go into the <laughs> secret area. Um, yes. So it's it's very very cool. Uh, we're very very excited, and um, it's going to be great. We have oh I should say to go back to the jacket thing for a second. Um, some people I've heard asking. Um, there will be a prize for the winner of the satin jacket competition. Um, so just in case, just to make that perfectly clear, I've heard some people not sure about that. Um, you will, uh, other than recognition, we are dreaming up a prize for you. Now, uh, it's going to be very exciting. I, we're not quite sure what it's going to be yet, but we've ta- kicked around a couple of ideas. And uh, I'm sure that we'll come up with something great. So, yes, there will be a prize for that. Um and yeah, we're really looking forward to it. October 19th, uh, VegasInternetMafia.com. I had a couple people ask on Facebook how much it costs to attend. It's completely free. Um, we There may be some other events that are optional that uh, may have a fee associated with it, but um, the main event is free. The concert is free. Participating in the Satin Jacket event is free. Um, you know, we're doing this for fun for you guys, for the community. So, uh, And we couldn't do it without... The folks at the D and, and yes. Derek helping us out. Um, they have been uh, amazing and they deserve the endless thanks. Um, so VegasInternetMafia.com has all the info and will continue to be updated. Stay tuned for another announcement for another event that's coming in the next couple of weeks. Um, you will should be listening to 500 by Midnight for that. Uh, though you should be listening to 500 anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so keep your ears tuned to 500 for that announcement and uh, keep clicking on uh, VegasInternetMafia.com for all the latest info on the event. All right. Did I miss anything? I think that's good. I, I, you know, for the folks that can't go and know they can't go, I feel a little bit bad that we spend so much time on this every single show. But, uh, you know, I it's not to make you feel bad. Um, we wish you could be there. And so... Um, we're just really excited. I know that kind of shows through, but, um, we're not trying to rub it in. We're just, we're looking forward to having a good time and it's, it's, it's always fun when a plan comes together. So it's going to be cool. All right, let's get into some topics. I want to start with something which is sort of a meld of follow-up and, and, uh, future topic, which is talking about SLS, um, everyone's favorite North Strip casino to be. 
um, because, you know, we talk about SLS from time to time. You, If you real, roll the tape all the way back, I think, uh, you know, it started out incredulous and it's maybe, uh, maybe it'd be fair to say slowly warming over time. I mean, I think at least uh, we are resigned to the fact that it's going to happen. Where I think if you go back far enough, there were some serious question marks in that department. But, you know, this project is underway. They're moving dirt around. They're, uh, you know, the green cards are have arrived. They're uh, <laughs> being printed as we speak. Um, but uh, so just to t- follow up on SLS, you know, we had some interesting comments on our post that went with the show from uh, a gentleman that lives in the area. I think we were talking about, you know, questioning kind of the strategy of who SLS was going to be targeted at and where they would find their customers. And, you know, he lives in that area. I think he, in one of the condos that was built down in that in that part of town. And he was saying, you know, there's more locals than you would think that are going to visit SLS that really want a nicer property. They don't want to go to Circus Circus. Um, they don't want to go to the Riviera. They are looking for something a little bit nicer where they can gamble and play and maybe, you know, have a $18 cheeseburger. Um, and <laughs> SLS is going to be the place. And so, I, you know, I... That I think, in the sense of him saying, if the point of the comment was you're forgetting about this part of the customer base, yeah, probably. I wasn't really thinking about that. I don't really think of that as an area full of residents, but I'm sure there are a bunch. Um, I still am a little bit skeptical. If I mean, I hope there are more folks than that that want to have the $18 cheeseburgers because that's probably not enough people. But you know, it's it's some, it's some. Um, so I, I think it is an interesting point that's worth noting. But you know, other than other than the feedback we got on the blog post, you know, Chuck, I think there was a post on Vegas tripping this week talking about SLS, and I will. Uh, Eric wrote the post, Blackjacker, and um, you know, I'll paraphrase uh, his his piece. Uh, basically, I think he said, "I I love SLS and everything about it is perfect." <laughs> and so you know, I'm a little surprised to hear to hear. You, as editor-in-chief, be so enthusiastically supporting the project. Any comment? Well, I don't know if I completely <laughs> characterize uh, Eric's piece as that, but, uh, <laughs> you know, he, uh, he offered a degree of optimism, the fact that, you know, as we've seen the demolition progress, uh, they've, they've taken out everything from the Porta Cachere and half the casino floor all the way to the, to the NASCAR cafe, to the convention center in the back to the hotel towers. They've pretty much imploded, carted away all the rubble of all that stuff and they're going to completely thoroughly rebuild, you know, 80% of that whole section there. So, it offers a lot more opportunity, you know, the fact that they have Gensler on board uh means they're they're not going to completely blow it, although watch the rebar. Uh, that's Penta. Penta's the construction contractor. But, you know, they've put the money together. It seems like they've got some things happening and they've got a lot of opportunity since they've cleared a lot of junk out. It's not just going to be a wallpaper and, and chandelier's job. They're actually going to rebuild some stuff. And I think Eric, you know, is an architect and he finds that uh, to be sort of freeing for them and possibly uh, – It'll it'll in the end result maybe more than just a, you know a repaint of the Sahara. So yeah, well you know it is it is a good point, right? I mean I think uh, throughout the development process we've been somewhat suspect about how different it was going to be. I mean I remember talking after their auction, sort of openly wondering why they would get rid of. Uh, so much of the base equipment if they were going to be reopening in the time frame they'd specified. 
And maybe the answer is that they really are doing a more dramatic redo than we initially had a sense of and that they they are going further. Now, I guess the thing that initially uh, led us to question that was the fact that the budget isn't, isn't as large as you would expect for a huge project like that. Um, but uh, I guess we'll see how it, how it all shakes down. They're definitely tearing shit out. Yeah. So um, it's interesting to watch it develop. They're probably just going to do the one, the Alexandria Tower, and then the other one that they – I think they might get rid of that one, the smallest one. I forget the name of it. And then right. the Tangiers is probably just going to stay vacant. I don't see how they could renovate and fill fill that thing with people staying there. You know, That would probably be a phase two is the, the tower way in the back. So, Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess it's, it's interesting to watch it progress. Um, I would love to talk to Nazarian sometime in an interview setting. Hint, hint, Sam, come on our show. We'll be nice. I promise. Um, it would Ask be... John Unwin. We didn't bite him. No, it was good. We were <laughs> very respectful. He won't return my calls anymore, but, uh, I neither. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it, it's interesting to watch it develop and it, you know, I, I'm at least willing to entertain the possibility that I will eat some serious crow when this thing opens. So we'll see. Um, a lot to do there still, uh, clearly, but um, they're going for it. Now, of course, the, 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 uh, one, of the nice, um, one of the nice effects of that article was that they posted it on their own blog, right? So they, they're linked to it at least. I mean, they um, have cited... You. Yes. It makes me wonder if the person that is doing their blog is aware of the, uh, the history. They should go do the <laughs> SLS tag and search for the stuff in the past. But uh, yeah, I think they are. I think yeah. they are. They're they're It's. I'll I'll be willing to bet that the blog is operated by local PR people. And right. You know, people know in the in the in the in the know. People in the know know that Vegas tripping is a on the harder side of markers. We're not. We don't think everything's great we give you our actual opinion for good and bad so if you get something good kind of positive from us it's 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 worth trumpeting right. but it's funny also another post on that blog they talked about their favorite bar downtown which i just read is so obvious and transparent mm-hmm. of their you know thought of oh well we can market ourselves to the new hip new hot happening downtown crowd right you know that kind of thing like let's stick our nose up to the downtown project people and see what happens <laughs> so so dave are you going to have your next kid rave at sls you know i just might i just might it's i knowing some of the people involved with it behind the scenes i think it's definitely going to happen you know sam hired the right people to execute it i've said in the past um you know the way he articulates it is probably not the best way to articulate it to someone like me uh, you know the, he's just not saying the right stuff to me but the people who he is working for him know what they're doing so if anybody can get this thing open it's going to be them right yeah no i mean i i think it's going to happen too i uh, we'll see. We'll see how it looks and how well it does. I think that's still a very open question, but uh, love to see stuff being built. Always fun to watch the cranes and the bulldozers and whatnot. So, um, in that sense, I'm uh, I'm a I'm on board. We'll see what happens. Um, all right, moving from SLS into Fantasyland, um, let us talk about Eurasia. <laughs> Eurasia. So just. Eurasia. Uh, I don't even know where to start with Eurasia, okay? So Eurasia, for those who are not familiar, Eurasia is 
as far as I can tell, basically a press release and a website. Um, but uh, it is the world's best website, by the way. Um, <laughs> so this, the folks, early June, uh, put out a press release, some folks, um, that basically said, well, I'll read the headline. So the, the, the headline of the press release is, Eurasia will build world's largest mall, convention center, and private jet airport in Las Vegas. Uh, this project is 15 million square feet of retail, which is the world's largest shopping mall, something like 40-something hotels, 39 casinos. 45. I'm, yeah, I mean, it is... Uh, if, if such a thing existed, it would be just so incredibly huge. I think they're talking about 1,200 acres or something. Um, yeah, which they don't own and which isn't for sale. Right. So there are a lot of flaws uh, in this. But Dave, Dave, you actually spoke with one of the people that is supposedly attached to this. Yeah. So I guess why don't we start with if you want to quickly fill in a couple of the details about what they're proposing. <laughs> and then if you want to talk, I'd love I, I haven't heard these details yet. So I want to know. What how, What was this conversation like? Conversation was very strange. I have a lot of strange conversations. So and pretty much my phone rings. It is somebody who is writing a story for a newspaper somewhere and wants to know how casinos work or wants me to interpret the numbers or something like that or some political thing. So it's a media person. It's somebody looking for information that's not on the website you know, well, this you have this great stuff here, but you don't have it broken down by casino in Vegas. You know, can you send me that? Well, no, if I had that, it would be on the website. So that calls always, always a little bit disappointing, but, you know, pretty limited. Um, then I have people who call me with ideas, and some of them <laughs> are right. good ideas. And some, you know, so some of them say, I'm looking for, I need somebody to run the mathematics in a game. So I'll say, well, okay, here's two or three professors who do that kind of thing. Or, you know, I want to get a gaming license. All right, well, then you need to speak to an attorney and here's a couple of attorneys who do this kind of thing. Then you just get some stuff where they're just people want to do either they want to develop a game or they want to develop a hotel or they want something. I mean, there is one guy who wanted me to introduce him to Steve Wynn so Steve Wynn could be his mentor. <laughs> and I was, you know, like it doesn't I don't have that relationship with Mr. Wynn. Are, are, just, you, are you taking uh, openings for that? Because I, yeah. you know, I might, yeah, I might like, rearrange my life to make that happen. A lot of people would want to have that happen, <laughs> and you know, yeah, maybe get a job in the industry first. So I got a call from this guy who's one of the people involved with it, not the head, the guy named last name Array. I forget his first name. Right, John. John yes, poor old Johnny Ray. Yeah, um, so not him, but. Uh, one of the other guys, and basically he wanted me to do some kind of consulting thing to confirm that adding 45 hotels would <laughs> negatively impact the economy of Las Vegas. And I kind of said, well, I'm not really set up for that. So I referred him to a local economist, you know, figuring, well, it seems like a crazy idea to me, but I tend to be kind of risk averse. So God knows what's you know I I'm not really you know I don't know if this is good. Let a real economist look wow, at it. Wow, so you open minded, know. so open minded. Yeah, so I don't think the economist. You know, my one comment to him as he's telling me this, I'm just sitting there watching the seconds. I got one of those phones where you can see the <laughs> right, right, right. So I'm watching it, you know, I'm getting into like five minutes and thirty seconds, and I haven't really said more than hi. It's <laughs> usually a bad. Like, usually, once I start going over the one minute mark, and I've only said hi, and it's just a rant it's usually a bad bad news so he's just going on and on about this you know then i 
get forwarded this proposal that he was trying to send to a prominent local sports personality in Vegas for a thing that they were going to do involving a new search engine based on neural technology and the Eurasia Hotel Casino Resort. What? And it is, yeah, so it's involved, also involved with the future of Lake Baikal in Russia. What? That big lake, yeah. I think, in Siberia there in Russia. And the problems of the contamination of Lake Baikal, this fundraising event that they're going to do, which was going to happen on May 17th, and would be held in conjunction with the casino hotel resort Eurasia, and they would have basically kind of like an Olympics-style show, but with stuff in every time zone. So you could have like basically right. 20 hours of entertainment. Sure. On, Why without not? a network sponsor. And this, you know, I got this in early March, so it's like you have no network sponsor. We're two months out from the run date. Why would you even waste somebody's time with this, let alone a really busy person? So, yeah, it's just totally insane. Just totally insane stuff. about, And they're going to do the search. En- so it's like there's three things. They're going to have a search engine that's going to revolutionize the way we search. Bing. <laughs> this, went into production on May 15th. And I'm going to click the link right now and see what I get. Boy, I probably so, should have done this before. Let me no. see what happens yeah so uh, while, while you're loading that page up i'll just say that um so i was of course aware of this story as it happened but i was busy at the time and i didn't dig into it too deeply so i just dismissed it as like a little bit wacky and weird but as i was re- researching for today's show i looked at it more closely and it is so bizarre <laughs> these people are on a completely different planet first off the website is like straight out of 1998 in terms of its design they're talking about how they're going to raise like $20 billion in borrowing against leases for their retail development. I mean, it's like the numbers are insane. It's literally, I mean, I have to think this is a a joke. Like they're totally, like if I was going to see the craziest story I could get into the newspaper, I would do something like this. That was fake. Like it doesn't, it can't possibly be real. They have this cheesy animated 3D animated video of what it's going to look like. And then it cuts to like random stock footage of people like having fun on a ski slope and like in a shopping mall. It is just the most bizarre. <laughs> I, I, it's hard to even explain how crazy and weird it is. You really have to see this. And if you think that the people are serious, it adds a whole nother dimension of crazy. Yeah, it's kind of set because I'm trying to explain to this guy. He's, you know, almost begging me to do this consulting for him, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, I'm like, well, can you pay? Well, no, the students can do it. It's like, well, that's not how it works. <laughs> the, the slaves. Yeah, the well, I don't, like, do what it. students? What students are going to, oh, yeah, I'm not going to do work for my courses or my actual job. I'm going to work for free in something that I get no credit for. And it's never going to – like, yeah, that'll work. It's like – I, so, yeah, oh, yeah, the other call I get is, well, surely you have students who can do this kind of work. It's like, well, no, actually, I don't. The students that I know are working and getting their degrees, not on doing free labor for you and doing free economic assessments. Right. So, yeah, it's really just really weird. And, you know, finally, I'm like, I, I don't know. And, the you know, apparently the land that they want to build this on isn't for sale. That's a problem. It's a bizarre thing, and it's just so totally unrealistic. And I'm saying, well, you know, this would double the visitation. Oh, well, we're going to build a second airport. Yeah, right. Well, you know, do you have – I mean, I think you kind of need FAA approval for that, and that takes a long time. 
oh no it's so so it's really weird so yeah, I mean, there, this is just like basically the Eurasia is one third of the craziness with this. There's also the the revolutionary search engine that hasn't. It does look like it's live. I don't want to touch it because I don't want to <laughs> get infected with uh, you know malware and stuff. They've got that, and they've also got the uh, saving Lake Baikal. I mean, which is a I, I'm not trying to slight Lake Baikal. Definitely, I agree it should be saved, but you know, probably this is not the way to go out doing it. And you know, if I can kind of go on a little mini rant, not yeah, rant, rant, but mini away. thing here, I I wrote the day that this broke. So I thought I thought about this the day that it broke. I kind of held back from publicizing because I didn't want to give them any exposure. You know, fearing like, well, mm-hmm. if they're just out to troll investors, right. I don't want to be involved with that. But then I wrote an article for Vegas 7, a quick little blog post saying, you know, this is actually kind of interesting because back in 2005 and 2006, we were getting this kind of stuff every day. Right. Like, oh, yeah, George Clooney is going to build a luxury condo development on Harmon Avenue where I think where drink used to be. Oh, yeah, that'll work. And, you know, everybody was kind of – this stuff was happening every day. Yeah, I thought but it was that, that's like a sure thing compared to what these guys yeah, are proposing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, well, I mean the fact that there was going to be $10 billion of development on Harmon Avenue right. was – yeah, I mean, but yeah, that was – yeah. Compared to this, that was sure. But it's kind of funny though that this is now taking us back to those glory days when anything was possible. Remember the moon? Yeah, right. nobody's oh, yeah. forgotten the moon. So yeah, it's, it's just kind of funny. You know, to me, it's not really. It kind of. I I took the same tack for polar. I mentioned this in conjunction with polar coaster. I think I took the same tack as that. Like, which I'm sorry if I'm jumping topics. No, here, no, but, we'll you talk know, about that in a minute. It's not the fact that you know the actual. I can't really comment about the feasibility of yes, could they build this and would people come? I can. Maybe they would. <laughs> but um the fact that people are proposing this connection of Vegas like says it's good for Vegas because the people are still dreaming crazy things. This is uh I'm looking at their financing page right now. They basically have outlined in like six easy bullet points how they're gonna raise fifty billion dollars. Um, based on nothing, as far as I can tell, it's like we're going to create this thing, and we're going to borrow against this thing we haven't created, so we can create it. And it's like, okay, that's going to work, I'm sure. Um, it's it's just, I mean, it is unbelievable. It's so crazy that I have a really hard time believing it's real. Plus, it's just like the cheesiest presentation known to mankind. And you look at the, they have bios posted to the people involved including the guy that is supposedly in charge, according to the press release. And it's like his claim to fame is he was like the sales manager at some timeshare in Florida. And, uh, you know, I'm all for people, you know, furthering their skills and aiming for the stars and all that kind of good stuff. But I don't think this is going to happen. I have my doubts. <laughs> um, it's just, it's really crazy. And I, I, if it was just the press release, I would have dismissed it and probably we wouldn't even have talked about it or maybe no more than five minutes, but like they have this, all this collateral material behind it, which, so either these people think they have a shot in hell and they're insane, or it's still like an elaborate hoax scam slash troll, which would also be very entertaining. Each one of these goofball presentations gets successively more zany. Yeah. There was the, uh, the moon, of course, the mm-hmm. moon one, and then there was the Las Vegas wet, which was the one with the di- <laughs> the dice in the pool and like all that stuff that right. was out out by M Resort. And then there was the one with the nine different sports worlds, oh, right? Yeah, yeah, with yeah. The, with the indoor ski jump, right. yep, yep, and all yep. that other stuff. And then this one, which is like 
Vegas today and tomorrow meets the Unabomber Manifesto. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like the most in the micro, like down to the detail, to the macro, the fact that this is with a search engine and saving the environment and shooting people to outer space, you know, like this thing is just uh, the, the, it is the product of somebody who is absolutely insane. I yeah. really want to meet this guy. Seriously. Just not in person. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, I don't even know what to say. It's crazy. I'm definitely going to put the link in the show notes for those that want to check it out. It's, um, I'll put this in the notes, but it's, it's EurasiaLasVegas.com. It is a very bizarre website. Um, but you have to look at it assuming that these people are completely earnest and serious, and then you will just have a great time. Because it's just out of control bizarre. But, uh, you know, good good for us. Good good fodder for this show. So thank, <laughs> thank you, Eurasia Las Vegas. Um, I, you know, I, out of all of the uh, skepticism I've thrown at Sam Nazarian over the years over that project, that thing is completely solid compared to these kooks. So, um, you know, I guess – I guess this gives me a little bit of perspective when it comes to uh, what it actually takes to get things done. Maybe I should be a little bit easier on Sam because uh, these dudes are completely out of their minds. All right, so going from Eurasia, which I would rate a negative 1,000 on the probability scale, um, you could actually literally go to the moon for the amount of money they want to raise for this thing, let alone build the moon. Um, <laughs> so the other thing that, we, that you, Dave, you mentioned, which has also been in the news a little bit, because the, what the world needs is another roller coaster slash <laughs> non gaming attraction built high, up high in Las Vegas is the polar coaster. The polar coaster is, I think, mostly awesome because of the name. Um, <laughs> whoever came up with that name, brilliant. Uh, so it's basically like a roller coaster on a giant pole, as the, <laughs> as the name suggests. Um, so, you know, the, it sounds like they're going for – this company is going for FAA approval for this concept, which would – if you look at the documents, it sounds like it's going to end up over by Tropicana. Um, though they won't confirm that and the TROP folks won't confirm that either. Um, you know, it's it's basically just exactly what it sounds, an observation deck type structure that's got a roller coaster up the outside. So take a smaller version of the stratosphere tower with a more with a cr- much crazier roller coaster that goes up and down basically the entire the entire stretch of it. And uh, and here you have a polar coaster. So, I mean, of course, this is in, this is in that same category of things that get announced and never go anywhere. Um, in this case, I guess they're at least talking to the FAA. So, it, and it's a real company doing this. I mean, they make a bunch of uh, roller coaster attractions for theme parks and stuff. So, they're not a bunch of crazy dudes from Russia that have awesome Dreamweaver skills. Uh, <laughs> they they're like a real company. They have real renderings. They're talking to the. They're doing the first step in the process, which is to get the height stuff sorted out with the FAA. Since it's right next to the airport, it seems like that would be hard to do, but. You know, I'm sure they've. Uh, well, I'm not sure of anything. I'm. I assume they've thought about this. Um, interesting. I mean, I guess as it comes to the polar coaster, what I want to know is if you guys think this is going to get built. If you think, you know, of course, you've got the high roller at Link, which is definitely happening, and you know, we see construction photos every day. So you know, that thing's almost completed. Um, well, not almost completed, but it. It's getting a lot closer to being completed. We see photos of them putting it together. We've had a lot of other announcements of this kind of thing. We've got a stalled. 
Ferris Wheel Project by Mandalay Bay, which is basically just a giant concrete tower. Um, is the polar coaster a thing? Is the polar coaster going to happen? Do we want the polar coaster? And are you going to ride the polar coaster? I would say it's not necessarily crazy in a town where people will spend $11.50 to ride an elevator to the top of the Eiffel Tower at Paris, Las Vegas. You know, would they spend 20 bucks to go up higher? You know, maybe. And would they spend more than that to ride a roller coaster down? You know, well, people do that to an extent at the Stratosphere Tower. So, you know, yeah, there's a proven – it's proven that there's a market for something like this. You know, now would it work – if you say, well, it works at the Stratosphere Tower, does it work scale down with one ride? I don't know. I'm not a amusement park person so i can't tell you you know but it's not completely out of the realm of possibility yeah so they they're saying it's going to cost about 100 million dollars to build which uh you know is not nothing by any stretch of the imagination but uh it's also not at least you know we i, I wouldn't say it's an, an impossible goal to reach and they make a good point that you know if you want to build attractions like this, the only way you can do them on the strip due to the high cost of land, even in today's economy, is by going up instead of out. So, um, you know, it's interesting. I, I think if if this does happen, the location might work. I mean, it's not far off in the middle of nowhere. So I think you could create a financial model which suggests that people would actually go to it. Of course, everybody that lands at the airport would see it and say, what the hell is that thing? Uh, and then, of course, there'd be a big sign that said "Polar Coaster." Um, so I don't know. I have no interest in this personally, but um, I could totally imagine it happening. I think it would actually be pretty badass to go up to the observation deck and watch planes take off and land. Yes. So <laughs> if I can do that, I'm totally on board. But I have no interest in riding the roller coaster. Um, I don't know. This is. Uh, I like it's fun to make fun of these kinds of things, but I, I guess what I'm saying is that I wouldn't be heartbroken if this ended up in the Las Vegas Strip skyline. Because even though I may not be a patron, I could get something out of it. I think. Oh, there's a lot of room back there behind the Tropicana that they can uh, can use to do this stuff. And you know, what would really be the best is if they hooked it into the monorail. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, um. Yeah, that would be. That's definitely the way to go. That would be the best four bucks I ever spent. <laughs> Absolutely. So that's the story with the polar coaster. I, you know, unless this thing breaks grand, we'll probably never talk about the polar coaster again. But uh, it was a fun I, – I just like the name so much. I couldn't not, couldn't not put this on the rundown for today. Yes. Um, all right. Let's see. A couple of other – we get – we sort of have a grab bag of stuff this, this time um, that I wanted to just get some quick opinions on as we go through. Um, I think we've talked about this before. It's definitely been in the press before, uh, but it seems like the idea is maybe crystallizing a bit more, which is like this refugee village grand bazaar <laughs> thing that they want to build in front of Bally's, which it's interesting. The original renderings, I that the first thing I thought of was it looked like some kind of tent camp, um, but uh, the newer renderings make it look even worse. Um, now it looks like the cheesiest little set of stands like on the side of some – cheesy east coast boardwalk no offense dave um <laughs> it looks pretty terrible to me and it, as if they could cheapen the entrance to bally's anymore they're going to attempt to do it with this uh i don't know exactly where this is in the in the process i mean it doesn't seem like it would be that expensive to build or implement so the fact that it hasn't happened yet leads me to believe that there's some sort of fundamental problem like not everybody's completely on board 
But um, yeah, you know, Grand Bazaar, I think it looks incredibly ugly based on the renderings that they've put forth so far. I All I'm imagining is walking through the Grand Bazaar, trying to get into Bally's and having like, you know, a bunch of dudes trying to pick my pocket while I get people trying to sell me churros. It just sounds, <laughs> it sounds terrible to me. Um, I don't know. Am I completely off base with this? Is this going to be awesome? Yeah, I because think, I, well, I think, I, 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 I think you're off base because personally I want to walk in the valleys with some guy, you know, doing a little remote control helicopter thing, flying that around my head and, <laughs> You know, that kind of thing. But no, I think I'll I'll defer to, to Chuck now. Yeah, I think Hunter, you you got it pretty much right on, on the head here. This is, it looks like uh traveling church parking lot carnival stuff. You know, they just unfold these aluminum deals brought in on a ship from China and stick them up and they've got ridiculous stupid colors on the top this thing looks so cheap so bad and so ugly and it's that's not what they want to do there really honestly if if caesars has the long view of bally's and i mean the long view in terms of 20 years they really just need to level the stuff that's there and bring some buildings close permanent buildings they don't have to build another hotel tower but if they build close to that corner there possibly with a little bulkhead park thing and and uh you know put some shops on the inside and maybe some other bits and pieces multiple levels with some restaurants and a good spot good things to do they'll actually really make some money and they could change the name of the place and do some other things this is really kind of skanky. It's skanky and cheap and doesn't make me want to go there. It's going to add to the to the grossness of that corner that's already kind of there. Yeah, I, I agree. I guess the only good thing I can think of is if it looks like they're, maybe they're going to get rid of that people mover, which is like always broken, um, that I really hate. But yeah, you know, it seems like clearly this is a stopgap measure right it, it's like we're not we know we eventually some year we're going to redevelop this property we're not okay. going to do it now it's going to be expensive we're not ready to do it so how can we monetize all this space in front which is you know dead space and it's not like i i you know i if it was some fantastically landscaped awesome lake bellagio kind of thing i would be sad to see it go i don't care if they rip out all that crap but this seems like a really misguided uh, solution to that problem. There's a million other things they could do um, that I think would be far more compelling uh, and far more interesting than what they have at least shown in the renders, which just look gross. I don't know. Here we go again, Dave. We're going to yeah. wrestle over this or what? Yes, we will. <laughs> All right. Chuck, then Dave. Okay. Uh, this is the last piece, I think, of – piece of casino history which is the name of the joint written in topiary right you know we're losing that that's a big deal man <laughs> okay i'm weeping silently in the corner go ahead Dave. Yeah. i'm going with this now okay so i thought about this from a couple angles and it looks pretty bad from all of them okay number one <laughs> could you imagine the freak out that steve Wynn would have if he still owned bellagio yeah and they built this across from his lake I mean, that would be worth – that would kind of actually kind of be worth it. Number two, this <laughs> totally devalues their existing retail on the Strip, which they've already got 
you know, they're investing a lot of money in Link, right? Which is retail, right? Why are you going to build another lesser retail thing next door? Not next door, but you know, down a few hundred feet is beyond me. It it just the potential for people to stop there and that absorbing that foot traffic that goes by there, which is what gives Link the value and which which is going to energize that entire portfolio and that part of the strip is beyond me. So another another reason why it's a bad idea. Third reason why it's a bad idea is that you've just bet $200 million that you can reinvent bills as this high-end yeah, right. Las Vegas. Yeah. So now the people on the top-level roof deck are going to be looking out at the roof of that stuff, right. which yeah. is going to kind of kill it. Yeah. yeah. Number four reason why it's a bad idea. You have the premier free attraction in the United States, according to some recent article that I didn't read because it was just clickbait. <laughs> um, <laughs> But everybody retweeted. You have the premier attraction in the United States across Las Vegas Boulevard there. Why you would not build something with some height and replicate the kind of ancillary business you get at the Eiffel Tower restaurant. Another really stupid thing. Stupid reason number five, they're investing money to redo the South Tower as a Jubilee Tower. Right, right, right. Why would you want to devalue that since you obviously want to get a premium for that by putting this there? So that's five reasons – Thought up of, that, and I don't. Uh, now I'm sure if I went to Caesars, they probably have the number cruncher guys. Probably came up with a lot of reasons that make it look really make this look really good on paper. But I would guess a lot of it's probably spurious. It's probably from bad sources and yeah. doesn't really take the holistic picture, which is what I find the the flaw in there. Generally, the, the flaw I found in their management from looking at it from outside is they don't take the whole. Kind of like with City Center, they don't take the whole strip and the whole market picture. They focus on very – they put very smart people working on very narrow problems and mm-hmm. don't look at the whole thing. To me, this doesn't advance them at all in any way. You made some really excellent points in that yes. little mini rant there, Dave. I, I agree. I had completely forgotten about the, the Voldemort Hotel they're building across <laughs> the street. Um, and you're right. You know, the big attraction to that thing is that rooftop pool area that they're going to sell, you know, you know, $1,000, $2,000 a day cabanas. And, um, or as my mother-in-law says, cabana. Um, <laughs> uh, and you, what, they're going to look over this like really low rent shopping area. It's just pretty gross. Um, you know, if it looks bad in the renders, it's, I can't imagine it's going to look better in, in real life. And, and the article you talked about was the. Well, I can never remember. It was USA Today. It was some some poll that ranked the Fountains of Bellagio as like the number one attraction in TripAdvisor. Okay, but it was um, you know it did get a lot of play, and whether or not that poll matters, that thing is iconic, and every hotel around there sells fountain views for a premium. To squander that opportunity seems like very a very silly mistake. This is pretty simply explained. This is. Another step, along with the upgrading of the rooms, the resort fees, and a couple other little bits and pieces of the MGMification of Caesars Entertainment, they're starting to move into the rental landlord business, just like MGM does. So this is essentially a uh, a giant aquasage and oxygen bar play outside (laughs) of Bally's. They're going to take all the tchotchke and all the crap that you find, you know, the nonsense you find on the second floor in the stratosphere and right. all that other kind of crap, and they're going to collect rent on it. They don't care if people come in and buy anything. 
doesn't matter. If they get, got all this square footage and they got businesses who are ready to, uh, to pony up, then who cares? Right. They're making their money. But again, it's a classic case of being really short-sighted, especially with messing up the pedestrian flow there to Link, which has got to be crucial to the company. It's a half-billion-dollar investment for a company that's already $20 billion in debt. So yeah. it, it just boggles my mind. They could yeah. also look at, look at that as a uh, – you know the, the, uh, the Link is more of a top tier. That's attached to Caesars, mm-hmm. whereas this thing is like the low-rent Link. Yeah, I mean, I say if they want, you know, I'm not saying that the Miracle Mile Shops is a low rent, and I know it's not owned by the company directly, although it is in their building. But, you know, again, you've got a lot of, there's a lot of retail in Caesars properties there between the forum shops, Link, and that, you know, why, if you really want to do this, why not just buy the Hawaiian Marketplace? That's exactly what it is. It it is. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's gross. I hope they don't do it. Um, I'm hoping the reason it is taken so long to come into fruition is because it someone is shooting it down, and we're seeing just uh, renders and other documents escape from whatever planning process, development process they have. I hope it doesn't happen. It looks so gross to me for a place that is you know not super ungross to begin with. Um, all right, so let's see. Let's talk about a couple other things before we go. A couple quick hits here. Uh, we talk about the Cosmo a lot mostly because they're not making money and they're still not making money, but they're not making less money, um, <laughs> which is only worth noting for the sake of the fact that they are slowing the they're slowing their losses. They're losing less money every quarter. The last report they had in May uh, showed them as losing about twenty five million, which is not great, but. That was compared to you know like fifty six million the 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 quarter in two thousand eleven. So they're year year. they're doing better. Yes, year over year. So they're doing they're doing better. That's a big jump. This is this is Tom McCartney's plan finally coming into action. I noticed when I was there uh, recently at Cosmo, cheap tables. You know. during the day, it was five, ten bucks to play some craps as opposed to fifty. Right. Now I see if it, listen, I, you know, I see fifty bucks on a craps table. You know, that's a lot of green chips to throw around when you start playing, like really playing, like I right. play. Right. You know, you get the comes and you get the odds and all this. Da, 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 da. Gotta Man, be drunk. You got like eight hundred bucks on the table, like gotta that. Gotta be drunk. And you know, I'm just a lowly blogger. I don't have that kind of loot, you know. <laughs> so, but don't have Eurasian money. I do not, but this $10, $15 kind of thing, the tables were packed. Yeah. People were well, in there good. playing, which means they're going to hit the bar and it's have, good, a, have some right? food to eat. Yeah. I mean, uh, Cosmo, right. Cosmo does not have a, a occupancy problem. They do not have a food and beverage problem. They have a gambling problem, and it seems like they are addressing it. And yeah. it, it – uh, yeah, no, hopefully, of course, they need this trajectory to continue. Um, mm-hmm. it, it can't stop here. So, you know, either the plan needs a little bit longer to work or they got to keep working on it, but, uh, it's at least heading in the right direction. And so we should give them credit for that. There is nothing Tom McCartney mm-hmm. can't fix. That's what I think. Yeah. Okay. Well, he'll, we'll, he'll fix it. I believe in him. We'll definitely, <laughs> definitely keep, uh, keep watching. I love that. I wing. Looked, love that wings. I, I looked him right in the eye. <laughs> He's a funny guy. 
We had a moment. We had a little <laughs> moment of affection together at yeah. the, the podcast Palooza. And yeah. then that bird flew over my head. That was weird. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. It was, uh, that moment was captured in audio if you want to go back and listen to yeah, Vegas Gang did. from 2011 or whenever that was. You two did really hit it off. He's, yeah. a, he's a good guy. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's quickly move Jet over to Atlantic City to quickly talk about Revel. Revel, the uh, another troubled property. It's sort of Cosmo East. Um, you know, they have been having a lot of problems and unfortunately for them, you know, Cosmopolitan has a deep pocketed corporate parent where Revel does not. And so, you know, their situation is perhaps a bit more dire. Um, famously opened, the non-smoking, super hip place to go is now, uh, making a big deal about how they have the largest contiguous smoking floor in Atlantic City. And, um... <laughs> is refunding a ton of money to gamblers that lose money um, over the summer here. So I guess, Dave, you know, I, what I'm wondering is, I guess the one I, I saw, of course, this is a, a promotion that they're running. It's temporary. <laughs> they're trying to bring in new gamblers. But I, I'm trying to figure out if uh, if this is unprecedented in its scope. Um, now, are they – Fighting fire with fire here? Are they just attacking a problem head on, or or have have other people done this before? This is a tough one. Um, well, you know they they've had the the programs at places like Cosmo and Tropicana here in Vegas. You know, sign up for the card, get a hundred dollars, two hundred dollars of your losses back, which seems you know looking at Cosmo's gaming revenues over the first, you know, over its first two years, I would argue, well, it didn't do a lot to move the needle there. Same thing with Tropicana, you know, it doesn't look like that really got a ton of people in their club. I, I think it's probably a bad idea. Um, basically you're buying play and you're really devaluing the nature of that place as an aspirational destination. If you look at what happened in the same market 10 years ago when Borgata opened, they were able to pretty much make themselves into kind of the Wynn Bellagio top place in town and right. people wanted to play there. And as a result, they've been dominating the market ever since. Now you could argue that 2013 is not 2003 and you're absolutely right. It's a totally different market. But to me, after you've invested all this money in all this non-gaming stuff, making it this aspirational resort with high price points for a lot of the non-gaming, I, you know, I don't. It's just difficult for me to see how this fits in with that. As opposed, you know, it is a way to get people in the door, but are they going to stick around for everything else? And right. would they be better? Kind of, you know. Actually, I'm going to sound like a hypocrite because with the Cosmo, I said it's awful that they're not promoting their uh, gaming. They're promoting the food and beverage. You know, for the for the. Revel, I think they need to do a little bit more of the promotion of the food and beverage of the non-gaming stuff, in addition to the gaming. But I think a better way to do it is to give people a good deal. You know, instead of something gimmicky like this, give them good odds at the games, give them a good regular comp rate, and I think you can build some loyalty there, although it takes time. I'm going to be really interested to see if this works. Um, you know, because it, it's a big number that they are willing to uh, to shell out. I've heard from at least one person that plays there regularly who was not super impressed by this plan. Um, this is somebody that could definitely take advantage of it um, and could probably see some significant rebating, but I guess there's some devil in the details as far as how you actually can redeem some of this stuff. Uh, there's a limit per trip that then leads up to an aggregate limit, so it, it, they're, they've 
the uh, the people that write the rules have done a good job of limiting their exposure as much as they can while making all the big numbers still be technically true. Um, I, but again, I, I am just really curious to see if, if they can buy business this way and if it if it does work. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I love also the flip-flop on the smoking thing. <laughs> they clearly retreated from that. That 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 just did not. That went over like a lead balloon, it seems. And um, and they have just completely retreated from that, and now are going for the whole polar opposite messaging on that issue, which I think is just somewhat entertaining. I don't know. Uh, I hope they figure out a way to pull it off. But um, either way, I'm just really curious to see how well this works. You know, or if they have to try something else. So interesting times at Revel. Um, it's kind of goofy how they changed their name. If you notice that, they changed it so it's now Revel Dash Casino Hotel because they wanted they wanted to uh, accentuate that it's a casino. I didn't notice that, but that's an interesting yeah. point. Yeah, they changed the name and they also are doing this promotion at the same time. I think the promotion's going to work. I think it's going to bring business in a bunch because you know if if gamblers actually did the math, they wouldn't gamble. Right, mm-hmm. you know, so this is this is gonna say, hey man, you can go to Revel, man. We'll go to Revel. They're giving it back if you lose, and then <laughs> you know, folks go in there and have a good time, have a couple beers. Yeah, I'll go pick up my losses tomorrow before we leave, and then in the morning they sleep late, forget about it, and then leave. You know, so you have to stand online and get a rebate and all this other shit. What's your time is to get a hundred bucks back? You might as well just leave. You know, right. so yeah, that's true. It's true. There's, I'm sure that there will be a certain amount of that happening. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a nobody, good point. nobody reads the fine print on the billboard because right. there aren't any. <laughs> now, I, it's interesting. I, I hope we get a chance. I hope that we get some sense of how well it does work so that we can talk about it again because I, uh, I'm curious to see if this strategy pulls it off. I mean, it, it, it's bold. It's a big number, I guess, right? So anyway, curious to see how it plays out. Um, hope those guys figure it out. I still haven't been to Revel. I know both of you, both of you guys have. Um, so curious to see uh, what happens. If anybody has access to the uh, quarterly board meeting documents, you can email them to me at charles at vegastripping dot com. Yes, well, I, guess I, what? I'm going <laughs> to one up you here. We don't even have to wait that long because oh! in Atlantic City, all the casinos have to release the results. So we'll know exactly what they do. Right. There you go. Great. So uh, we'll be able to do a direct comparison i promise not to leak them to a major newspaper um (laughs) all right flipping back to las vegas quickly uh one more thing i want to slip in before we sign off which is uh down on fremont street you know of course we have talked a lot about resurgence of fremont over the last few years we're having our vimp show at the d um we have talked about the d the golden nugget the plaza El Cortez, a lot of these projects. We were, you know, talked about Downtown Grand, which is coming online. Uh, but, you know, let's see. Let me bring the story up here. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we got a news of a new fee that the Golden Nugget is instituting. So for those that aren't aware, the Fremont Street Experience, which is the light show canopy area and sort of ancillary stuff that's related to that, is... Um, funded by a, the consor- a consortium of the casinos down there. They they contribute money to run that organization, which in turn uh, provides all that stuff for them. And um, 
I'm sure it's not cheap. I don't think they've ever disclosed what the numbers are behind it, but it costs them money. And up until now, it's sort of been, I think they've considered it to be something that was all in their best interest. It brought people downtown, um, especially when it was created in the, you know, Jan Jones, Steve Wynn era, both of whom are no longer in positions of power down there. But, you know, they they got they brought people together to make this happen. Um, despite the fact that it was going to cost them money. So now we are seeing the Golden Nugget, um, the premier property on Fremont Street, is charging a $5 nightly Fremont Street experience fee, sort of akin to a resort fee. Uh, we've talked a lot about resort fees on this show and the ins and the outs and why people do them and why people demand them and why people don't like them. Um but this is sort of something a little bit new, right? So at least with the resort fee, uh, they try to pretend that you're getting something for it. You know, maybe they'll bundle up internet access that you would ordinarily have to pay for. Um, and some other services like access to the fitness center or maybe a newspaper, free local phone calls. Or, uh, <laughs> you know, access to it. Wynn gives you access to a notary public in case you have to sign important Ooh. documents on your vacation. Um <laughs> You know, stuff you're not going to use. But uh, anyway, I, it's interesting. The Fremont Street Experience thing, this is something that people were already getting for free, and now Golden Nugget is charging a nightly fee. They're basically trying to pass on, and I don't know if this is all of the cost, part of the cost, or maybe even not the entire cost. We don't know. But um, they're trying to recoup or and theoretically make money off of this amenity that was previously free. Uh, you know, what do we think about this? This is, uh, is this the future we live in where every little thing is nickel and dime? Is there going to be a Fountains of Bellagio fee on my next Bellagio checkout bill? <laughs> I want to know what you guys think. I mean, uh, you know, Dave, I remember uh, a Vegas Hang episode like three, three or four years ago where you ranted about a Green Valley Resort oh, fee. Yeah. That was a while uh, ago. Yeah, it was a forever and ago, but this has, issue hasn't gone away. It's gone. It's increased. I think it's gonna reach. I think it's got to reach logical conclusions sometime. People are gonna stop falling for this. Not even falling for it. I think people are just gonna get frustrated. And you know, I think there comes a time when you need to be honest with your customer. Put a fair site on the website if you've got to deal with the independent. Uh, you know, internet sites, work something out with them where you can just have one price. I think the add-on fees just make people feel nickel and dimed. And that's, especially in a place like downtown Vegas, which is geared towards a more budget-conscious clientele, that's the last thing you want to do. You want it to be this freewheeling party environment, which is what they do a very good job at down there. You don't want everybody holding onto their wallet because they're afraid they're going to get charged a fee for walking across the street. Right. I mean, it's like, I don't, you know, I have nothing against these people making money and it costs money for them to create that experience. And I, you know, I, they should be profitable enterprises. They work hard. They put in their, they risk their capital. They deserve to make a lot of money, but it, there is something about all these fees. Like just put it in the, just put it in the rate, man. Just put it in the rate. I realize that there's a good argument that it's a competitive disadvantage. If one property decides that they're going to go ahead and do that. There are all sorts of reasons why it makes them look bad and the way people do their comparison shopping. There's got, But there's got to be some way to solve this problem. I mean, the money out of my pocket should be the way that it's represented on these various travel sites and, and the web. I mean, it just is silly to pretend like these fees don't exist when they're mandatory. Yeah, it's true. You know, I don't know exactly how many rooms the uh, 
Golden Nugget has. It's like 2000 and change. It's a pretty big okay, hotel, actually. So at 2000 five bucks a night, that's what, $10,000 a day? Right? Mm-hmm. So 2000 five bucks a night, 30 days a month, 12 months a year, that's 3.6 million bucks they're going to make. So there's what, 10, 12 joints downtown. So that's about $30 million. Yeah, I don't. You know, so what exactly is, you know, can we reverse engineer the budget of the Fremont Street experience? Well, is that okay. public so knowledge? There's only six hotels that pay for it it's the D, Golden Nugget, Binions, the California, six. Golden okay. Gate, and the Fremont. So it's not, there's a bunch of properties that get ancillary benefit that don't have to contribute to it. Okay. Um, so it's it's maybe a little bit more uh, nuanced, but um, yeah, you know, according to this article in the last in our Vegas Inc., um, all the casinos pay the same amount, so it's not somehow based on number of rooms or uh, or you know the business the the profitability or any other figure. Right. This says that they all pay the same amount. Right. I, you know, I, again, I don't, if this is what it costs to provide this, to have it, I mean, then this is what it costs and you got to pay for it. But the fact that it's all these crazy extra fees and you go to check in, they're like, well, your room was $40 a night, but here's the $30 a night in extra fees. I mean, that's almost doubling the cost of your per night stay. It's crazy. Yes. It is yeah. crazy. And well, for me, it's also the fact that the thing's been open for 18 years. Right. Yep. So uh, just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. No, if they I had know. a 30-year mortgage on that thing, it's probably uh, <laughs> mostly paid off by now. All those bulbs have been paid for. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, I don't know. For whatever reason, this really rubs me the wrong way, I guess. The, I, you have to think that if this works, it's going to spread. And so, of course, this is going to be the norm downtown, which will suck. But uh, I don't know. For some reason, I, I wouldn't have anywhere near – uh, the amount of problem with it that I do if it was just part of the nightly uh, rate. I It's the extra fees that really bother me. The thing that bugs me is how the Golden Nugget still says no resort fees. Right. That's just, you know, they still tap yeah. themselves as a no resort fee property. So Very they want, disingenuous. Yeah, they want, you know, both sides of the coin here. They want to pick your pocket a little bit and uh, come out as heroes. Yeah. So no, I don't. I don't think this is a good thing. Um, it's inevitable, I guess, but it's unfortunate, in my opinion, at least. Yep. <sighs> All right. Well, great way to end the show. Super downer. Um, but uh, but yeah, you know. So that's that's our show for uh, for June. Um, but now, of course, is the time for us to recommend to you. Something incredible. This is our Sure Bets segment, the segment where we get to tell you, inform you, share with you something that we think you'll be interested in. Does it have to do with casinos? Maybe, but that's not required. I don't make these guys do that when I tell them to do the Sure Bets. No, no. They pick what they want. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you've heard the Sure Bets segment before. This is our, tr- our chance to tell you guys about something that we think you might get something out of. So... I'm actually realizing I forgot to write something down, uh, which is bad. But uh, maybe I'll start with Dave, and I'll think of something great while uh, while you guys go. Sure. I, I've got a good one here. It has nothing to do with casinos at all. And it is a book that a friend of mine got for me called – Andrew. it's by Andrew Marr. 
It's called The Making of Modern Britain, and it basically looks at Britain from about, well, from the death of Queen Victoria, so about 1900, 1901, to VE Day, 1945, and all the changes. If you were a fan of Downton Abbey, you've, you're going to love this book. And if you're an American who doesn't know so much about the history behind the Edwardian period in the UK, and uh, this will explain a lot to you. And it's really cool. You know, it may be definitely want to go back and watch a lot more Downton Abbey again, even though we've already seen it all, just because it adds so much depth to it. Just very well-written book, really brings that period back to life in a fascinating way. So Andrew Mars, The Making of Modern Britain, loving that book. Awesome. Cool. I will put that in the show notes. People can check that out. If they don't already have Roll the Bones, then they can get that book. They, sh- they can do that too. This yeah. week I would pick this one up though. Excellent. Uh, Chuck, do you got anything for us this week? I absolutely do. My yes. sure bet is probably one of the most surest sure bets I could give you. It is the long-awaited return of Black Sabbath with the original Cats and Ozzy Osbourne singing. They put out an album, their first album with this band since like 1979. Uh, about two weeks ago, it's called 13. It's got 11 tracks or so. The drums were not played by Bill Ward due to some contractual obligations. Plus, he's sort of can't really keep up anymore. He's, these guys are all in their 60s. But uh, they got the guy from Rage Against the Machine to play the drums. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And he is a huge Black Sabbath fan. He loves it and, like... He was wearing his old T-shirts when he was playing with him stuff. So it's like putting a fan right in the place. And he tried to play what he thought Bill would play. Rick Rubin, a famed producer, the guy who's done like the Johnny yeah, Cash, yeah, the yeah. late Johnny Cash stuff. He did like Slayer's best album. He produced this album. And he got the guys together and said, I want you guys to focus on the first four Sabbath albums. So Black Sabbath, Paranoid. Uh, volume four and uh, 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 forgot Master Reality. Master Reality, Reality, right. Yeah. So he had them go through those and really kind of get into that spirit. And they have completely, absolutely captured it. This thing seems like it should be the fifth Sabbath record, wow. but it sounds crushing and big and huge with today's production. So much stuff that's so savvy, like the guitars are just a little bit out of tune. You know, there's like dryness on the solos, not that much reverb. It really sounds like an old, old Sabbath album. And the best part, the thing that made me flip my lid, the last track, it fades out at the end. And what fades in is the rainstorm and, and the bell, the church bell, which is what starts off the first Sabbath album. So you could put all, you know, half a dozen Sabbath albums in a circle, and the last one, 13, will segue right into the first one. So it's almost like a prequel wow. of Black Sabbath. It's like really, it's of the time. It's of now in terms of the spirit of the way they're doing prequels, like the like the Star Trek reboots and stuff. It's of that mentality, but it is classic Black Sabbath. I'm putting all my chips on this. If you like rock and roll, if you like any of that old Sabbath stuff, you're this is going to kill you. It's a number one album all over the world. You probably heard this already from me, but it's the greatest. Very 13 cool. by Black Sabbath. 
Very, very good. Excellent, excellent pick. Um, very exciting. I haven't heard it yet, actually, but uh, I saw that it came out, and um, now I'm going to have to make sure I put it at the top of my list. So there you go. Uh, all right, so I'm actually going to pick a book also, Dave. You inspired me. Um, I have many varied interests outside of the Viva Las Vegas, and one of them is politics and political history and American history. And there are an excellent series of books about Lyndon Johnson that were written by Robert Caro, who's like this amazing historian dude, that chronicle that whole period from Johnson's rise in the U.S. Senate to his stint in the vice presidency to president. Um, but the book that I'm reading now is talking about his time as the Senate Majority Leader. It's called Master of the Senate. And if you like political history, if you like uh, American history, if you're interested in learning more about how the Senate works, which is an incredibly crazy institution with these insane rules that really do actually uh, have a lot of import into how politics works today, even. Um, you hear this all the time with stuff like filibuster rules and whatnot. It's a really fascinating book. Um, goes into a ton of detail. Learn more about Lyndon Johnson, who's a very interesting person. So I will recommend that book, and I'll put the link in the show notes as well. So if you're into that kind of thing, I would recommend it. The whole series is good, but um, this one in particular, I'm finding particular, uh, especially interesting. So that's great. Definitely recommend it. All right, uh, that is it for today. Do not forget to rate the show on iTunes. It's a great way for other people to find out about the show. Uh, we really appreciate it when you do that so you can pop into iTunes on your computer or wherever and um, rate the show. We really appreciate it. If you want to leave comments about the show, you can do that on the Vegas Gang Podcast website when the episode goes up. We've got comments right there. You can also reach us via Twitter at the at Vegas Gang doohickey. Um, or you can reach us individually. Uh, Chuck Monster is at Chuck Monster on Twitter where you will find all sorts of Black Sabbath lyric recitation and other fine things. You're not, you're not, your, your account isn't private right now, is it? No. Okay, good. <laughs> you sort of oscillates between private. So you got to get in while the getting is good. If you want to follow Chuck, you got to get in now. That's right. I get paranoid. Yeah. Uh, uh, Dr. Dave can be found at, at UNLV Gaming uh, on Twitter, and you can find me at Hunter. Um, thank you guys so much for being here. If there, uh, why don't you tell people on the web? I already gave the Twitter stuff out, but if there's websites that they can visit, where can people find you, Doctor Dave? Uh, DGSchwartz.com. Excellent. And Mr. Chuck Monster. People can find me at VegasTripping.com. Yes, they can. Uh, you can actually check out the website for my new app, which is uh, VegasList.com. And thanks, guys. Have a great weekend. You too. Bye 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 bye